everybody. This is Yvette and Erica, and this is the Melon and Pearls podcast. Hi, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. This is a really important podcast. Um, it is called You Are Not Alone and the Importance of Mental Health. I need to start with a disclaimer due to the importance in the topic, so bear with us before we get started. This podcast and website represent the opinions of the Melden Pearls podcast and our guests to the show and our website. The content should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast and our website are of our own and do not represent that of our places of work. The Melon and Pearls podcast nor our website should be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including to but not limited to establishing standards of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of the statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, email, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, please welcome, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. If you find any errors in any of our content of this podcast, please send us a message through our contact page on our website. All right, legalese over. So. <laughs> Um, it is with great pleasure to be able to introduce and welcome our very special guest today, Dr. Maya. Known as Dr. Maya since 2012, she's been a member of the American Psychiatric Association, which is a scientific and professional organization that represents psychiatrists in the United States, and is board certified in psychiatry and neurology. Dr. Maya transitioned from internal medicine to the psychosomatic field and finally landed in psychiatry. Her depth of experience and expertise of using integrative approaches enables her to experience and treat the whole person. She served from various backgrounds in many different fields, settings of psychiatry, such as state hospitals, both in and outpatient settings, shelters like the Manhattan Shelter, Bronx Assertive Community Treatment Teams, and for over 14 years in private practice. As a faculty member at Albert Einstein College of Medicine, she supervises residents and is also the attending psychiatrist at the Bronx Psychiatric Center, where she's been on the trauma committee since 1999 a renowned author who's written and co-authored multiple publications on trauma, developing trauma experience cl clinicians, as well as presented at regional and national conferences on topics of trauma, alcohol and substance abuse, and how to serve communities in New York. I am super excited to be able to welcome Dr. Maya to the Melon and Pearls podcast today. Hey, Dr. Maya. Hey, and thanks for inviting me, and uh, I admire your courage to uh, touch this topic uh, of uh, the health in general. And, this is so such an important topic, Dr. Maya, and I echo Yvette's sentiments. We are so excited and happy that you're joining us today to, to really talk about something that's paramount and so important to our community. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, uh, I will just say a few words about the, the disclosure part that what I'm going to say now in this uh, broadcast, I mean, I, um, 
I am representing my personal opinion uh, based on my personal expertise. I'm not representing any company, any view, any institution, any pharmaceutical company. So this is uh, my disclosure. Okay. Well, thank legalese you for that. Yeah, legalese part two. Done. All right. Now let's let's get into let's get into the the hot topic, and it's a super important topic. Um, and the best way to say it, there is no perfect term for mental health. Some people call it mental health, brain health, but using the term mental illness usually carries um, some shame for some people. The historic association with mental health diagnoses leading to incarceration or commitment to a mental hospital has people literally afraid to bring up any topic related to mental health due to the stigma and how that stigma plays out in different parts of the world. You know, I'm a numbers girl, so I'm going to hit you all with some data that is very, very startling. Millions of people in the United States are affected by mental illness each year. And it's important to measure how common mental illness is so we can understand its physical, social, and financial impact. And I have tons of data to show that no one is alone. No one is alone. And here's why. One in five Americans, adult Americans, has experienced mental health in 2019. People, that's 51 and a half million people. One in 20 adults experienced serious mental illness in 2019, which is about 13.1 million people. But it's just not us older people, <laughs> us adults. Our youth are actually being impacted at staggering rates. Today, 17% of the U.S. youth, that's from 6 to 17, experience some type of mental health disorder. That's 7.5 million young people. And they're struggling with their mental health. The proportion of youth ages 11 to 17 who access screening, this is a, there was a, there was a survey sent out by the CDC and some of the health organizations because there is a, whenever you have something like a pandemic, it's normally associated with mental health intake increases. So they sent out a survey and the young people who answered this survey, um, is 9% higher than the average, what that survey they sent in 2019. So not only are the number of young people searching for help with their mental health increasing, but throughout the COVID pandemic, these young people have been more likely to any other group to score from moderate to severe symptoms for anxiety and depression. Wow. I mean, Dr. Maya, the numbers are just staggering. When you hear these type of stats, what are your thoughts on the prevalence of people being impacted by mental illness? Uh, definitely, it's a more in the community, maybe even double what the, what this statistic is saying. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think it also, the prevalence varies uh, between the age groups and uh, yeah, age distribution is also important. And thanks for the new data about the Kainoura young people having uh, more of the me mental problems uh, now than even two years ago. Thanks for that information. So uh, having said that, I really, uh, I'm a psychiatrist, but even hearing the mental illness, it feels like a stigma to me. I don't want to stigmatize my client. I don't want to stigmatize the person who comes 
for the consultation or seeks for treatment. So maybe we can we can talk about the mental health now today and not about the mental illness. Okay, I'm so, good. We we will instruct from my brain and my <laughs> lips. I will not say those words, and I'm not even going to repeat what I'm not supposed to say. But I will say mental health. Right. Yeah, let's, say, <laughs> let's talk about importance of mental health, and let's talk about propagation of strengthening the mental health and mental abilities across America. Perfect. I'm down. Indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you against? (laughs) (laughs) I think she's with us. Erica, you would. No, I'm totally. Yes, yes, yes. I'm totally in agreement. I think that that's the way we should go. You know, Dr. Maya, um, the research with the youth, I mean, the the pandemic has literally created an isolated community where everyone has been relegated to technology, text, Zoom, you know, email chat room, Slack, chat, all those. What do you what do you think those type of impacts is going to have on young people and socialization or just people in general being able to have social skills and communicate? You know, it, it's very uh, interesting that we're all were prepared to this virtual uh, functioning in the virtual uh, universe. And uh, that's that's a plus, actually. But uh, the uh, challenges are uh, we are people, we are human beings, and we need human communication with Mm -hmm. human beings. Mm -hmm. It's related to work. It's related to studies. It's any aspect of us. It is kind of a part of the being a human. Yep. And... uh, I uh, I am most concerned about the people of the preschoolers and uh, uh, the school uh, school kids. You know, the, it's it's very important to develop the uh, socializing skills at a certain age. Yes, that was a pediatric uh, psychiatrist teaching us that we are going through the stages of life, and every stage, I mean, uh, every stage brings uh, its own challenges, and uh, especially for the young kids, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's very important to be uh, to play with the kid. Play, it's kind of uh, irreplaceable part of our development. Yeah. No, agree, Dr. Maya. Then we think it is, you know, it's it's especially for the young people. No, indeed, Dr. Maya. You know, I I have a, a good friend who has a young child and, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, she, you know, she when things were getting to the point that they were reopening schools, she was very conflicted because she she didn't know whether you know, her child should remain in the school that he was in where um, she wasn't comfortable with their protocols or go to, you know, public school or stay online. Um, and, and she noticed the difference. So basically he was, you know, home, you know, learning at home, but she noticed the difference because he wasn't socializing like he would. Um, and she then made the decision for him to go back into the classroom setting where he was in school and just you know, make sure, making sure that he has, he's equipped as much as he can be, but he has thrived. Like he's a different child because just being at home all the time was really impacting him. 
in a way that she didn't, you know, she wouldn't even have estimated that it would. So I totally agree with you that we need that interaction as humans. We need that interaction. Yeah, super important. Um, super important. So when we talk about mental health, um, you know, Erica and I, uh, Dr. Mai, we, we are very strong proponents of changing not only the world that we live in, uh, but especially the criminal justice system and social injustices that are actually happening um, on a daily minute by minute basis. Um, mental health in the criminal justice system is really like the silent elephant in the room that no one really talks about, but mm -hmm. about 2 million times a year, people with serious mental health challenges are booked into jails. You know, about two in five people are incarcerated. They have a history of mental health challenges, 30, 37% in the state and federal prisons and 44% held in local jails. And of that women, the women population, 66% of them have reported having a history of mental health challenges, almost twice the percentage of the men actually in prison. You know, and this one's really, this one closes the home because nearly one in four people that are shot and killed by police officers between 2015 and 2020 had a mental health condition. You know, I, we have to talk about mental health and don't let, I mean, we talked about the youth. That's just gone, that's even worse because 70% of the youth that are in juvenile justice system right now have a diagnosable mental health condition. And someone who is in detention, you know, youth in detention are 10 times more likely to suffer from some type of psychosis than any youth that is like running around in the community. And, and if I'm, the, yep, go sorry, ahead. Yvette, I'm sorry, yep. sorry, sorry that, you know, I'm passionate about this too. And, yeah, and I, I think that the other, the other component is the access to care. Right. Because yep. just just in those statistics that you're you're mentioning, you know, uh, a statistic that I found was that less than half of people that have serious mental health challenges receive treatment while being yep. held in local jails. Mm -hmm. and, and that's and that's that's insane. That's just doesn't make sense. It just it to me, it's just it's just not providing care for someone who needs care. And, and I hope that that's one of the basic things that we would receive is care. So that really was a, a shocking statistic to me on top of all the other statistics that you've mentioned, Yvette. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so Dr. Maya, I have a question for you about this topic. What have you seen in your experience with mental health in the criminal justice system? Can you opine on any of that? I, uh, um, I treated, uh, I cannot say that I treated so many, many people, but I have, uh, yeah, I have experience in treating uh, people with uh, a severe, from severe to a kind of lighter version of mental conditions. Mm -hmm. And uh, people who committed the serious crimes uh, and they were uh, committed to the um, institutions afterwards, after, mm -hmm serving some time but um, so I have some experience it takes really time it depends on the uh, condition some people and it, it requires on the I mean uh, um, what matters the condition itself or the person and the uh, seriousness of the crime uh, they, uh, they committed um, obviously it's very important to have uh, 
professionals who mm -hmm. understand this uh, condition and circumstances what led to kind of this crime and have a reasonable support, reasonable treatment. And definitely we need more funds uh, to attract more uh, mental health prof professionals into the justice system. Um, so those are human beings. So yep. those are human beings who are, I mean, who, ha who have to carry this burden mm -hmm. of the crime mm -hmm. through their lives. Yep. Yeah, you know, sometimes they are. They look like they are in denial. That uh, sometimes denial is a good kind of mechanism to forget it. If you will carry this all the time, I mean, you cannot function. You cannot move forward. But those people are doomed to uh, experience shame and uh, remorse for the rest of their lives. You know what, yeah. uh, Dr. Ma, you touched on it. You touched on an important piece of what you said. You said to figure out why, right? And in order to figure out why, you just can't look at what's on a piece of paper from a summary or a diagnosis code. You have to look at that person and their experience that brought them to the point where that intersection happened, you know, either in a hospital or in the criminal justice system. That is super important. And 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 there's people out there and you, institutions that have like, we treat the whole person. Do you really? Like, do you really? Right. Like, right. like, do you really treat the whole person? Am I just a diagnosis code, you know, tied to some insurance that you can pay for? Or do are you treating me as an individual and all the things that come with it. I am, people are more than their illness or their challenges or, you know, their situation. They are not a code. They are people that people need to take the time, like people like Dr. Maya, to figure out, help them figure out what got them where they are and how to navigate to be a, to be happier, be their best version of themselves and have a full happy life. Right. I mean, that's super important. Sorry, I got on my soapbox, Dr. Maya. You can keep going. <laughs> no, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, it's very important. And uh, we are talking about the same thing. I think uh, that's why we are all uh, together today. In this <laughs> True. Uh, this setting that, uh, uh, yeah, we are sharing the same uh, same views. Yeah. I, and, I, uh, I well, it, I, I have to disclose something about uh, uh, my, myself. I don't like writing, uh, reading the uh, summaries. I, you know, I like to see the client first. Nice. Mm -hmm. you know, this is, and I, I noticed it. I, I became aware a little bit later in my practice that I really took to have a fresh opinion from the person. And then I go to the kind of uh, medical records, you know. Mm. But, uh, not too many people are that. Uh, people work differently. People have uh, different preferences. And sometimes I'm finding in in the kind of descriptions and summaries something that I have missed. But nevertheless, yep. I uh, I mean there is something that helps me. Uh, to connect with this person when I am not biased 
part right. of yes. Uh, oh my gosh. That really helps me with uh, to connect. Right. Because yeah. mm -hmm. you start off with but you, you, you just always made, yeah. up the information. You know, this is a different. It's important, but I think the the entity that I have to work with it's different. You know, it mm -hmm. might be missed. Yep. Yep. Uh, wow. I, I mean that. Woo. Mm -mm. That. Uh, I mean, I. I mean, I'm. I'm super. I. I don't want to get emotional. I'm super passionate about that because that goes from. It goes everywhere. You know, that piece of paper can actually be a stigma. It literally sets the tone. If someone reads that, they already have a predisposition on who you are, but that's not your whole story. Like, that's us. someone yeah, else's definitely. that's someone else's deduction and summary crib note versions of who they think you are based on what you did and that is not you and that's refreshing dr maya that you go in with just a, yeah, a, just that, a clean slate you don't know over. yeah yeah sometimes i have to i have to go over but my preferences Okay. Yeah, right. Now, when I'm not restricted, the time restriction is another thing that we can talk about it, but it will take a lot of, but uh, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I, that I, uh, and I discovered it later in uh, in my practice, you know, that I don't want, I just want to see the person first. Right, yeah. right. Um, mm. Wow. I mean, you know, uh, you know, so we haven't even talked about how the pandemic I was about to say has like, has, has done yeah. has impacted like haven't even touched on it. So this is all pre-pandemic. Now layer in the pandemic, there's no more us them. It's everybody because I, I mentioned it at the top of the show. It's been reported that when you have large transmissible transmissible diseases outbreaks like this, they've always been associated. It's a like for like with an uptick in mental health challenges and problems. But before COVID, literally 19% of the U.S. adult population experienced some form along the scale of continuum of a mental health challenge. That's 19%. Mm -hmm. And since COVID, they've seen that increase by one and a half million people. So everyone since March of 2020 has suffered in some way this covid pandemic has left no one unscathed someone's been impacted not at the same level you know everyone has different experiences and erica we we talked about on one of that our previous episodes everyone's been um, impacted everyone is faced on a daily basis with mortality and self-preservation in your face top of mind every day why Gloves, masks, you can't go nowhere in New York City or in New Jersey or in the tri-state area if you don't have a mask on them. Like, you just don't go. You have to show vaccination records. There's still social distancing. Even when you do show all that stuff, people wearing gloves, like servers, your waiter and waitress wearing gloves to serve you food and a mask. Like, how? That's unsettling. Well, so let's even... Yeah. Can we add the social media piece of it, too? Because oh I, God, feel, yeah. I feel that social media all all aspects of social media throughout the pandemic have just been it got to the point that for myself I, I kind of 
took a step away from it because it was, because to your point, Yvette, it's in your face and everything mm -hmm. was in your face. And not that I'm saying I wanted to um, put myself in a cocoon, so to speak, but day after day of, of seeing, um, you know, posts about people passing away and, and things of that nature were really impacting. It, yes. it really just, it, it, it got to the point that I was almost a little numb and I don't mean numb in a, in mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't care kind of way, but it was more like a, it's every day. Um, and, and it was really impacting me. And I think, and I'm sure others out there as well. So, so I think all the things that you just said, Yvette, and then let's add social media and, and that, that aspect to it as well. Oh, and the isolation, right? right. Um, and the restrictions and what about all the other measures that came out of the pandemic? Unemployment, underemployment, which also increase the risk for more mental health or additional mental health challenges. You know, what about the traumatization? No one really talks about the traumatization of the medical staff, like frontline right. medicals, right? And their resilience to keep going. These are people who literally, literally put their life well-being and the well-being of their families at risk every single day but they but they didn't cower they did not go to work they don't stop treating people these same people don't even think if someone's in need they just do well, and yeah. imagine how that must oh my gosh i mean no right. one's talking about that and their support and what they need exactly and and i just want to add in addition to our medical professionals who i truly admire i'd also like to include all the other frontline workers you know those people that were out there working to make sure we had food on the table yeah. those people that were out there working to make sure we could get to places um yeah. those people that were out there just keeping it going yeah because the girls, because the because people we working were told, at the the people working at the grocery store, ringing up your groceries. Exactly. Right? The people at the pharmacy, ringing up your prescriptions and all the other things that you're doing. The people who delivered your mail, picked up your garbage or delivered yeah. your food, UPS package. All those people put themselves at risk to help you, nameless, faceless people. It's just, it's, it is so humbling, you know, to see that level of humanity and in a, in a, at a point at a crisis and they still do right they still do and and that's super important and people like dr maya you know was at the front line is that the front line still today Indeed. so dr maya you know tell tell us like as a clinician how is and has the pandemic impacted you uh, you know uh it was a very scary experience to be honest uh and uncertainty uh this kind of spread uh of the, the of the disease uh, i have to be honest uh, about this that uh, i was not in a front line i was in a real front line but my heart goes to the people who are in emergency rooms mm -hmm. in the hospitals and uh I was uh, I I was working in the kind of private setting and also with the act teams where kind of uh, we could somehow control uh, our visits. 
yes, it was scary, but I cannot compare my bravery to the people, the frontline people, to the nurses, uh, janitors even, you know. Right. Yeah. The people, uh, people who worked in the hospitals in the emergency rooms and the trauma they suffered because uh, at the beginning, there, there were so many losses, there were so many deaths in the hospitals. And sometimes the nurse and the doctor uh, would kind of uh, comfort the dying person and because the family members were not allowed into the hospitals around them. Right. I mean, that's, right. I, I mean, I'm like, my, my, my eyes are welling with tears because just, that's- just imagine that, like, you know that happens yes you're a doctor that it happens you see the the whole spectrum of life but when it's like at a fever pitch and like and you're in it you literally are the well that people are coming to and just being drained and drained and drained like and you have to be strong just yeah what about yeah. their ment- what about their mental health yeah uh, you have to be a super strong as a doctor uh, mentally you know and you have to combine uh, kind of uh, your feelings of sadness of sadness and sense of responsibility and you know i i also know that some people use the uh, the gadgets the cell phones their personal cell phones Mm-hmm. and contacted the family on the cell phone so they could say goodbye. Mm. Wow. To the person. That, I, I mean, know that from the first hand. I mean, not, not first, but I mean, I know. from Understood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, whoo, that's just, but what about, but, you know, but what about their mental health? I'm like, we, we, and I'm just going to talk for myself. I won't say, see, like, it, it takes so much for granted, like it, you know, and not really because I'm so wrapped up about me, me, me. I just if when you look at that situation and unpack that, it, they're literally superheroes. Like ain't like they literally are beyond superheroes. It's it's just insanely, insanely touching to know that they're doing all that. They bow down like like genuflect like it's just it's just amazing how how they that selflessness just extraordinary um, just extraordinary human beings but that 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 truly this is a breed this is a special right right yeah i don't know how uh, definitely there is a a, a, the people were traumatized and uh i i know that the some took some days off some yeah 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 and it's uh but um, there is also another part. There is a physical exhaustion when you are working in this rhythm and uh, the, the, the emotional kind of tension. And you, you really need time to kind of uh, take a breather and uh, uh, go on. But sometimes mm-hmm. there is no second to do this. Yep, exactly. Exactly. That exhaustion, and you know, and it goes back to, you know, what we, the top, the importance of this, that mental health is literally part of your long life health. You can't separate your physical well-being and health from the mental health aspect because your mental health has an impact on long life health. You know, and research shows that children experiences um, around a critical time of development can have an impact on long life health. 
especially high risk factor for conditions like depression and anxiety, all which is treatable. But the key here is prevention, early detection, and effective intervention. You know, I said this before, a person is not defined by their health condition. We all have mental health. We need to improve access to all healthcare, including mental health, because some, you know, Erica, you know this, we, we've worked in the healthcare industry, especially with managed care. Some managed care policies don't have a mental health or behavioral health benefit associated exactly. with it. Exactly. It's just like you can, you can have insurance, you can have insurance, but still can't get mental health care. No, indeed. It's just, it's, it's, it's all those nuances, right? Um, and Dr. Mai mentioned it about the unmet need. 24% of U.S. adults with a mental health challenge have reported an unmet need for treatment. And that number has not declined since 2011. I mean, mm-hmm. you just, so you have, you have adults who are probably parents of families. And what about their, the youth? Right. You know, you know, our youth have had severe major impacts and increases as it relates to their health care. Um, and I found this stat, which is so deplorable. 60% of the U.S. youth today with depression are not receiving any type of mental health treatment, even in states with the greatest access. That breaks down to one in three kids going without treatment. One in three. And it's also interesting when the parent is experiencing depression, anxiety, the parent cannot provide the proper care. Mm, great also, point. That bounces back to the children. The children. Great yeah. point. Great yep. point. And children I also, can't be children. Children well, can't be children, right? And I also think some of that is, you know, undiagnosed as well, right? Because yeah, I'm talking about that. Yeah, yeah, the treatment itself is challenging. Yep. Um, Sometimes people can experience side effects from the medication and Mm -hmm. our response can be delayed. If uh, unfortunately, there is no immediate uh, healing uh, when the person comes with the mental health kind of uh, situation. Mm -hmm. So sometimes medication uh, I mean, selection of the right proper medication or combination of the medication takes time, and um, and yeah. this really has an impact on the uh, household, on the tasks that people do perform at uh, at work, and uh, have some responsibilities uh, with uh, for for their families. Right. Uh, right. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, what resonated and you both talked about it is that, you know, mental health is part of our total health. So when I, when I think of health, I think of, when I think of the whole person, I think of mind, body, and spirit and how it's just important that all of those facets are aligned for me, right? Um, that, that those facets are aligned and, and our mental health definitely is something that, should not be ignored because that is part of the total package, so to speak, as for us as humans, right? That's that's part of that's part of our total makeup. We are a three-legged stool. You said it, right? Yeah. Mental, yeah. physical, well, physical, you know, and spiritual. You take one stool away, you can't sit. Right. It, right. it is. It's all three of them. Like I said, it's not one or the other. You can't have one. You can't have all without the other. 
if Indeed. one is missing, it's it's an imbalance. It's an imbalance. It absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so Dr. Maya, I mean, this has been such great conversation that we've had with you. And, and, you know, as we move towards our, our, our closure of, of our conversation today, and we really hope that you'll come back and talk to us again, because this is just, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, because it's such an important topic that we sometimes don't even talk about as I believe we don't talk about it as much as we should. So, so I thank you for, again, for joining us and having this conversation because it's an important one, but what would you like to share to, uh, to our audience about the importance of mental health as it relates to our everyday life? I think it's a, it's a very important something. We uh, know the stories when people, disabled people, uh, challenged people made uh, such a, uh, amazing things, were capable of uh, doing something very special because of their mental force, of their dedication. The brain is a very important organ that really it's a governing body of the uh, soul and uh, our body. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, my it, the simplest kind of uh, words, I would say, if you or someone uh, will detect some changes in your well-being. Uh, if you your habits will change, you will become lazier, uh, more irritable, or something else, or more anxious. Just seek for uh, professional help, mm. and uh, so you can start your journey to your own better self. Mm. earlier than later yeah now that that is that 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 is amazing thank you for that advice because you know in our podcast you know we we always talk about visualization of our best self and and having that self-awareness and and i appreciate that comment that you just mentioned about having that self-awareness like if there are things that you notice you know um starting that journey i love that word starting that journey because we're all on a journey, aren't we? And and just starting that journey towards w- that place where, you know, whatever that ends up to be for you, you know, just having that journey that is not just an on and off switch. It is really a journey. So I, I truly appreciate that. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't even begin to, I, I mean, Dr. Maya, we definitely going to have you come back because <laughs> I, I, know. I mean, one of the, we talked about this, Erica, you and I it's just, you know, and, and to tap on the journey and it's your journey. If you are feeling a different, weird, whatever you want to call it, label it. If you don't feel like yourself, it's up to you to get yourself right. And that means if you need help to seek help, but sometimes people don't seek help because maybe it's not culturally cool or accepted or their parents mm-hmm. or whatever. And so we need people to really take ownership of their life. It's right. your life. It's your right. life, right? You the one that need help. Cause right. I've given this example before at the end, when you are, however you end box whatever you the only one getting in it right it's your life it is your life 
You know, and I read, I found the stat and I shared this with Dr. Meyer earlier. The average delay between someone not feeling like themselves, we'll call that symptom onset to treatment is 11 years. Right. 11 years. Can you imagine 11 years not feeling yourself or not feeling good? You are literally choosing to be sad on a life that isn't promised. Each day is never promised. And you want to choose not to be 11 years. And when people, when you look at that, compound that on how it impacts our economy, the global economy, depression and anxiety disorders cost our global economy, wait for it, $1 trillion in lost productivity each year. And both of these are the leading cause of disability worldwide. Mm. Worldwide. You know, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, when we at the, uh, you know, at the top of the episode, Yvette, you, you mentioned, you know, what we what we're calling this episode today, which is you are not alone. And we and we chose that on purpose because there is a stigma there, you know, for some. And and we want to talk about the fact that you're not alone and it's not a and, and it's not a stigma. It's it's as we talked about, it's a journey. It's 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 understanding what's happening and getting the help to help us go on that journey. So I think the message that we want to share with you today is that you're not alone. Uh, you don't go, you're not, you know, you're not going through this alone. There are many people that are, are, are affected and there is a, a way to, to move forward um, and, and, you know, that 11 year from diagnosis onward, I mean, that's, that's a staggering figure, but you know, your today can start today. Absolutely. Um, and, Absolutely. and you can get, move on that journey towards that place where you feel where you need to be. This is a very personal thing. Like Yvette said, personal it's very, experience. very personal. So we just wanted to have the conversation with you. If there's anyone out there listening that this resonates with you, you know, we, we hope, we hope that we're able to, to provide some words that, um, will help you commence that journey. Erica, you said it perfectly because you are not alone. It's not an us versus them. This impacts everybody, exactly. even the people you think who got it all mm, impacts Ex them too. Right. Exa and, exactly. And, and, and there's three things or four things I want to just leave you all with is that it's okay to not feel okay. I'm going to say it again. It is okay not to feel okay. And remember, if you feel like you're not okay, it's going to be up to you to get yourself right, to feel right. And the purpose of this, this episode and why we, we, we wanted to craft it is because we want to help be part of the army to remove the stigmatism of talking about mental health and getting help. Just mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it because being healthy includes your mental health. Like I said, we are a three legged stool, health, spiritual and mind. One goes, the stool topples over. Right. And it's just like we work out, you know, to get the toned butt and the long legs, more legs in the bucket of chicken and the small waist. We still have to do the same type of work mentally and getting help really helps. But the mm -hmm. hardest part is taking that first step. So I hope we all hope 
Again, Dr. Maya, you are amazing. And this will not be the last time, folks, you can hear from Dr. Thank Maya. You. I'm putting her on blast right now. She's coming back. <laughs> We're going to talk more. But thank you. And I really hope that this has in- you, you, you has helped us encourage our audience and our listeners about the importance of being that best version of yourself means talking about your mental health to get to that best version of yourself. So thank you, Dr. Maya. Of course, E, my girl, and to our listeners, thank you so much for um, taking the chance to be vulnerable. Yes. And to be the best version of yourself. And thanks again, Dr. Maya. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's our show. This podcast and website represent the opinions of the Melon and Pearls podcast and our guests to the show and our website. The content should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast, as well on our website, are of our own and do not represent that of our places of work. The Melanin Pearls podcast nor website should be used in any legal capacity whatsoever including but not limited to establishing standards of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the broadcast or on our website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast, please send us a message through our contact page on our website.